0: everybody happy friday welcome welcome you're listening to the entrepreneurial web i'm your host jeremiah fox in true hustler fashion my man is running in kid in hand (laughs) this is how we do it this is how we do it this is what we're going to unveil today before i introduce my guest the message of the week i've been listening to a lot of reggae lately taking it back into my younger years and the one Bob Marley was say many times, when one door is closed, many more is open. As they say in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, similarly, you got to have a follow-up. My guest today, he's, he's, uh, he's a business guy. He's a light guy. He's going to shed some light on this whole situation. He's also a purple belt in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's up in Rockland County, but he used to be my neighbor. Our kids went to school together here in Brooklyn, Fort Hamilton in the house. Welcome Thanks. to the show, Matt Dacey. What's up, man? My brother, huge honor for me. <laughs> the, ple- <laughs> the pleasure was all yours. <laughs> uh, I All right, so what I just did is I made a mistake and ended up in
1: Westchester by accident. <laughs> I was driving around thinking about this, thinking about the class that I just took, and then all of a sudden I'm on the Tappan Zee Bridge. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I'm running in getting ready to go but here we are so man.
0: thanks for having me around yeah man i know i know that feeling i did uh i did 7 a.m this morning in midtown and i'm like where am i at <laughs> It can do that to you we started with inversion drills at 7 a.m it's too early for that shit i think i think you're frozen for a moment in time he got stuck he's stuck on the tappan Zee bridge you might need to refresh yourself there matt Um, So Matt and I go back a ways. He he lived in Windsor Terrace in the neighborhood where my restaurant, Della, is where I'm sitting right now for many, many years. And our our daughters went to school together. Um, And he lived all over the world um, doing... uh, very, very interesting lighting um, f- for a number of companies. He was in, I believe, he was in the United. There he is. He's back. Hey, here we are. <laughs> I was just giving everybody a little background on you, how we met, and but you, you like lived around the world doing lighting. Like you were in, you were in Abu Dhabi, is that right, or the Arab Emirates? I was in uh, Dubai for three years. Dubai, I'm there was um,
1: yeah. Yeah, it was like everybody else. Two thousand eight was. We thought that 2008 was bad and we had no idea that 2020 was going to happen. Oh, right. <laughs> but uh, so at that time, um, I was doing some design work in the city, tried to start up my own company, my first uh, entrepreneurial foray. Uh, it was a design group, lighting design group. And we had a couple of clients. And then that summer, everything just went kaput. And the only work was in Dubai. Yeah. So. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, my daughter was 13 months, got on a plane and went over there for three years.
0: Yeah, I, it, it would make sense that they were like just ramping up hardcore at that point, right? They were just building. Like oh, it was chaos at that point. And they fell down the next year.
1: So I think it's all oh. me, <laughs> you know, it was my fault. Um, but their falling down was, you know, we're still doing we're doing 70, 60 story towers instead of 150. Right.
0: So it was still something. So a lot of what you were doing in the lighting space was big build outs, uh, corporate offices, so on and so forth. Yeah.
1: Uh, So I started with theater. Uh, That's actually what my degree is in. And I have been able to take that into architecture I started with a lot of retail and a lot of uh, hospitality and such. Uh, The stuff that I did in the Emirates was hospitality, a lot of exterior stuff. Did a couple of uh, what they do is uh, they have thematic hotels that the government owns and builds and they just throw everything at it. And they're gorgeous. And then they're 100 miles in the desert in Abu Dhabi. Nobody will ever get there unless you go by helicopter, but they're going to build it anyway. So here we are. Uh, So I I got some pretty nice masterpieces out of that. Uh, came back and then just, you know, family-wise and all, the design avenue just wasn't it anymore. So I got on the sales and representation side of the
0: game. And you did a nice installation here at (laughs) Della. Oh, thanks, Ben. (laughs) It's a beautiful design in your restaurant to begin with.
1: So it's really easy to uh what you have going on there.
0: You know what's funny? In over five years, I have not changed one of those strips. No, they're amazing. I mean, they, technology is ridiculous. They last forever. They're really cool. They're really amazing. And
1: I love the accident that you guys
0: yeah. made. Yeah.
1: Like, in case anybody has knows or has paid attention, <sighs> there's drips of paint all over this strip of light. Uh, it was originally intended to shoot up and light up your right, right, and it got installed upside down with paint all over it, and it looks amazing. So, happy accidents, Bob Ross.
0: That's uh, that's like Della in a in a nutshell. <laughs> happy accident. <laughs> the only thing that works here is is uh, by accident. Um, so, the the my first question for you is like you work for this comp You have a job, right? Why, why are you chasing these other things? Why are you running all over the place with your son in hand? And what's the, what's the first order of business?
1: The first order of business is serving a craft that I love. And, uh, I fell into this because it's the perfect balance of art and science and business. And that really turns me on that, uh, in order to master, you have to master all three. And so there are people that are way too artsy-fartsy for it, and there's people that design by number, and then there's just people that want to make cash. And it doesn't seem like any of them are doing it right. So there's that. There's you know there's the beauty of light to me. I think it's a, an amazing, understated design element. It's kind of the rhythm section of architecture to me. Like uh, that. In that, like, and you'll understand this, uh, great design lightwise, wise uh, it takes care of its negative space, you know? So, you know, if you have a rhythm, if you have a rhythmic pattern that's just eighth notes over and over and over again, it's boring. All the magic's in the spaces. True. And I, I think that's, that happens with great light as well. All the magic happens in the shadow. So uh, so a lot of this is to uh, to protect and develop something that I find uh, beautiful and amazing and is going through such a technological revolution over the last ten years that it's it's exciting ride.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's one of the best responses I've heard to that question, just so you know. That was you just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I, I, I thought you were going to fumble a little bit. And there was, yeah, that was beautiful. Okay, very, <laughs> very eloquent. So recently, Matt sent me a couple, he sent me a business plan for a lighting, like a vintage, was it Arabic lighting uh, yeah. importation mm-hmm. business plan, like a, uh, a company you were interested in starting based right. off of your fondness for uh, this this nostalgic and, and kind of like hard to come by uh, lighting style. Right. Right. So what was the impetus for that?
1: Um, a lot of it was going crazy in July. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's where actually both <laughs> of these plans came from, is that, you know, every there was nothing going on for me work-wise in July. Like I just moved out of the terrace at that point. So May and June had me covered painting and moving into the house. And then July comes like I was like, crap. Now I got to think of something because nothing's happening in this world right now. And so one of the things I was thinking of is, you know, we got to go back to the race. Like I was saying before, people designing by math, uh, there's an international style out there of buildings uh, that you could have a building in Stockholm or New York or uh, Anchorage and you would have no idea where you are. Um, right. They're basically what's taken over downtown Brooklyn um, yeah. and the West side of Manhattan. It's just, it's nameless, faceless architecture. And there's a lighting scheme to go along with that. And I'm not down with it anymore. It's uh there's no soul there. There's no life or love there. And so I wanted to bring that back somehow. And so one of those things was getting in touch with some of the companies that I worked with while I was in the Emirates, because that's the OG. That's the original lantern right there. That's what they started out with wandering the desert. And I was like, this is something that's needed over here. You know, something with a little flair, a little shadow. Um, and so I decided to explore that, and so that's where I started getting into uh, the nul- nuts and bolts of the plan.
0: And then where did where did your like uh, knowledge of business plans come from? Because you know, I like me, I you know, I have a music degree. I right. study business. Both right. Um, right. come from art, yeah. <laughs> you know. And and I didn't I didn't write a business plan for maybe like my first six businesses, <laughs> so. <laughs> Who, who inspired you to like actually write a business plan because it's a big undertaking and I think it's it's a very good tool yeah. and underutilized for a lot of people, especially guys like you and I who if you come from the creative side, we're used to just winging it right like theater right. you're just like hey you know the wheels could fall off the bus the show has to continue. Yeah. Um, I, I never really kind of I was always like cart in front of the horse kind of guy and and at a, at a certain point I started to incorporate that. So where did, where did that come from for you?
1: I think it came from the first two failures, like the first failure of uh, the first failure of my theatrical career, which, you know, I mean, call it failure or call it realizing what it is. It's a very protected scheme of people that have been doing the same job for 30 years. And there's not a whole lot of entry to the upper ranks. I was just talking to a friend of mine that I went to college with who's been doing it at school. And he's like, I don't know why I'm beating myself up again against a wall for this anymore. Um, and so I was like, okay, maybe there's some way to do this better. But then I moved on to, uh, once I, I was designing for a company, uh, they then ratcheted down. Uh, it was an older gentleman that wanted to retire. I started my own stuff and that didn't have a plan either. And so, you know, I was even doing my own taxes and like, just to go, oh, yeah.
0: oh not that I did it well. Like, no, no, but I remember those days. Those were Uncle Sam still
1: came for me,
0: yeah. <laughs> but, uh,
1: but I didn't have a direction. I didn't have a flow with it. And so that's why I almost had to jump to the Emirates, you know? So now, having more invested here, having more of a family, a place to be, a, pla- a place I have to be around, there has to be a direction, especially if I'm making a jump from something that's already working you know, yeah. or a supplement, a supplement to something that's already working, if you know what I mean. So, uh, that's where I, and so I started practicing it and I actually bounced that plan off of, off for of you. And I think four other people, uh, I liked your, I love having your opinion. You're out of the business, but you know what's up and you started from a same point of view that I did. So I really respect your opinion on it. And so, yeah, I, I can't make big jumps like that without knowing what's in front of me first. That's really it in a nutshell. Nice. Comes down to strategy, right? Right. And you know what? I you know, the elephant in the room, I think teaches us that too. You know, I mean, that's, that's a jujice. Yeah. Is that, like, <laughs> if, you, if you don't come at a, with a game plan, you're going to get choked. You will,
0: exactly. That's it. Game over, right? So, game over. Nice. All right. It's time for our first break. Let's take it. We'll pick back up with this when we come back. Everybody hang tight. We'll be right back.
2: You're listening to Talk Radio NYC
3: at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator?
0: Welcome back, everybody. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. We are zooming to Rockland County, New York today, talking to Matt Dacey, of old uh, friend, former neighbor, purple belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like myself as well. He was just connecting. Oh, God, I, you, was just connecting those, uh, those concepts. And we'll get to that. We'll save all that for the very end. But we'll, we'll preface it with this one is that you learn – through failure, like when your back is against the wall or your neck is in somebody's arm, like that's when you, that's when you figure some stuff out. That's where mama hides the cookies,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, and and Matt experienced that, uh, you know, in COVID and uh, in the post two thousand eight recession in a number of different ways, and he was like, I gotta do something. Plus, there's just like an innate itch there. I think that's what I wanted to like, that's what I wanted you to say. Cause like, even when you were talking about this place upstate, you guys were talking about like bed and breakfast and everything. Like you have the bug. You want to, you want to do some stuff. You want to, you want to make some stuff happen. Yeah. So that's, there's like the DNA part of it, which just like, you can't help it if you want to make things happen. And I think that's why we end up in these, um, in these creative degrees. I damn sure know that I got into music because one, I thought I was going to be my own boss. I got to make my own schedule Mm -hmm. and, and I I got to create and make all these things and just do all this fun stuff. And you realize like, you just have a bunch of bosses (laughs) when you're you're a freelancer. You're like, I don't have one. I have like 20. Um, But even when you own your own business, you're same thing. It just flips down the other way. But and with the art
1: degree, you go into it because you have something to say. And you... It's Russian. yes. Right? And so I, I, business is the exact same thing. I mean, I'm actually 100%. fortunate in... I am an employee right now, but what I do is very uh, loosey-goosey, and I'm very able to run my own ship with some with some backstop to it. So exactly. well, that's kind of the best of both worlds. And uh,
0: and one of the other things you said, which I really want to point out and I want I want young if, whether you're young and you're coming up and you're trying to like figure out how to do this or you got laid off last year or, or your, your hours were truncated big time I mean everybody's experienced these like kind of losses is you, you pointed out that it can be supplemental it doesn't have to be it's not a, a sum zero game right I mean even my, my even myself like I still you know assist. In some, some businesses that I don't own, you know, and I get paid to do it. And like you said, it gets kind of like make my own schedule and I I work around all the stuff that I have to do, but it doesn't, you don't have to be like this ultra entrepreneur where like, I work for myself. I answer to nobody because that doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. My buddy, Mike, uh, he read the same plan
1: that you did. And he was like, okay, listen, what is this? Is this your mansion money or your Porsche money? And it's like, wow, that's a way to think about it. Yeah. You know, because yeah. like, you know, if it's your mansion money, now you're you're building infrastructure. Now you're built, you know, you're hiring hundreds of people. You're you know, you're you're creating an empire. It's your Porsche money, you know. It's so you know, you could do other things at the same time and still get something done and still change it change the world just a yeah. little bit. <laughs>
0: Speaking of hot cars, this morning, we came out of the battery tunnel on our way to Henzo's. It's like 645, and we're just south of World Trade Center, and a freaking Ferrari pulls out right next to me. Oh, Great Ferrari. And I was just like, yo, in my little Mazda wagon. (laughs) I was like, what's up, dude? (laughs) It's got
3: that
1: that engine that you just feel in your soul, right? I
0: I tried to race him. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) you'll be in reverse and then and then i went to class and i got beat up (laughs) fitting it's fitting um so back to like i want to go back to your original business plan the first thing you sent me because you said now we've got two on the table which is interesting and this is the reason for me saying at the beginning of the show like when one door is closed many more is open or the jujitsu analogy that you just you always have to have a follow-up and that was another big lesson that everybody learned this year it's like Sometimes, yes, you want to have the blinders on and you just want to go full steam ahead. But like you can't stay that way. You definitely can't stay that way. I mean, to bring the analogy of jiu-jitsu back in, it's like, I'm trying to pass this guy's legs. I'm going to do it this way. And they're posing dynamic problems such as life does. And you have to constantly adjust. So maybe you're like on this side, but maybe there's an easier path this way. And if you're super hyper-focused, all of a sudden, all your efforts are lost. You just exerted all this energy. All of a sudden, you're in the bottom and things are not good anymore, where if you would have unleashed the hyper focus just for a moment, you could have found a different path. So you sent me this really great business plan. I got to say it was I think everything was on lockdown. The only thing I think you needed to address further in that was long term marketing and um, training for your staff, because you kind of had this like almost remote model. Right. Where there was like this hub and you had distribution going all over the country or all over the world and there were representatives in right. pockets so there was nothing in the business plan that really addressed that that would be the only thing i would say i feel and i feel like the marketing for for you know potential clients the mm-hmm. the, the core of that would also be the core of your training Makes sense. If if you're not a one-person show. If you're a one-person show, I think all that could be put aside and you could just rock with what you had. But it was intrinsic into your model that you were remote and you had satellite salespeople all over the country or potentially all over the world. So I think at, I think at that point, you really have to focus, and, and a third at least of your, your plan and your model has to be on core values, culture... Like you know, the pillars and such. So that aside, it was super, it was super locked down. Thank you. Have those, you're welcome. Have those concepts been introduced to you yet? Have you been, have you, have you heard like the idea of like using, having three pillars being able to enunciate like three pillars and you had a mission statement, which was good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, like this kind of uh trickle down effect from like three pillars, mission statement, values and culture. Is that is that foreign to you, or is this something that you've heard of before? Um, it makes a lot of sense, and it's actually what I I didn't consider
1: it at that point. Um, and I like I come from a world where we do kind of outsource that sales and marketing, and maybe it isn't the greatest strategy, but it's what's known out there. Uh, I'm from one of those companies that is the outsourced sales arm. Right. And and it exists in your business, too. You know, you don't buy liquor directly from Seagram's or something like that. There's always somebody else there. Um, And maybe I leaned on that a little harder than I should have, because looking back, uh, it seems that I'm losing a little bit of direct sale opportunity that way as well. Everything would have to go through some sort of a channel system. And, you know, that would kill prices anyway, but that's beyond the point uh, uh, of what happened next. And uh, but the direct model is this is something that should be desirable in residential circumstances and in small restaurants and such where you want a direct channel. And in that case, you would want somebody of the culture to be able to talk somebody through and let them know what's going on. So yeah, uh, much of it was logistically focused. And I don't think I took the next step. I think you're right.
0: And, and, and I'm not saying you wouldn't outsource still. I I think even more importantly is that you will outsource because you're going to have a a certain focus Mm -hmm. that's running the business. And it's very hard to be one hundred percent pot committed to running a business and running a marketing program. Like that's mm-hmm. that's unless you can clone yourself or you were like uh the ones uh Uncle Hanach and was just have offspring all over the <laughs> and de- pay no child support. The the Detroit area. <laughs> um, you know. Danny, he, he could be, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um, you know, it, it comes down to being able to communicate that clearly to whoever's doing your marketing and whoever's doing your sales. Cause again, right. you can't be all things to all people, but you want to, one of the things that, that I've, I've discovered, um, through clubhouse rooms and we'll get to clubhouse, uh, in the next segment, um, and, and, and just these long-term discussions is the one thing that we're really trying to scale, guys like you and I, is the intimacy. We're not trying to scale sales. We're trying to scale how every client feels like they're having a discussion with us, with the right. owner. That's a hard thing to do. Like intimacy is the hardest thing to scale. You can scale your numbers. You can scale your distribution. You know, all, all the logistics, like you said, like you were very logistics focused. And I think you need to be. That has to be on lockdown. I think this is this has to accompany it so that you can scale both at the same time. Because if one is lacking, if you if you put too much emphasis in scaling intimacy and you don't scale your distribution, Everybody's gonna be like, where's my shit, bro? <laughs> where's right. my lights? And you're like, yeah, I know, I didn't <laughs> I got a great pitch, but <laughs> how do I get it across the ocean? So I think I think the two go hand in hand and, and understanding that you cannot do it all. There's no way you can do it all. So you had the logistics side down, but then when you're talking to a, a marketing firm who's gonna handle your social, who's gonna handle your digital, who's gonna do video production for you, you have to insist on like certain things being in there. So yeah. that your intimacy, your the value that Matt Daisy brings to the table is being represented across all channels. And right. Yeah, it's developing not, that
1: why. Yeah.
0: Boom. That's not what it. it's all about. As they say in jujitsu, you might not know how you're going to get to black belt, but if you know why you wanted black belt in the first place, the how often works itself out. Exactly. All right. Boy. Okay. We're done. That's nice it, day. everybody. We're gonna <laughs>
2: take
3: it.
0: We're, we're gonna end no. <laughs> We are gonna take a break though. Water break. Time for water, mouth guards, ear guards if you need them. We'll be back in just a few, everybody. Hang tight. Flap and tap.
3: You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
0: Everybody welcome back if you're just tuning in again it's the entrepreneurial web your host Jeremiah Fox zooming to Rockland County New York talking to Matt Dacey he's in, in the lighting space we're going to shine some light we should have wore sunglasses today oh, oh fuck the gee we should that picture was <laughs> perfect Love that picture up man <laughs> that was I mean, a week before my wedding i know well it's funny cuz i was like i was like i need a picture and i was like ah his wedding i remember so i just started scrolling through your instagram and i was like ha ha, ha. There we go. Um, <laughs> no, it's important. You got to shine light on these things. You got to bring attention to it. So, my next question: Why did you abort plan number one, and why are we picking up plan number two? Okay, so plan number one and plan number two actually happened at the same time. Okay, they
1: were
3: both yes, they brain in July
1: <laughs> <laughs> for two completely different reasons. The first one was. How do I get this out there and make a little bit more? And the other one is I see a splintering community out there, and what do I do about it? So it's two different missions. Um, Plan one, I did end up with a vendor in uh, Sharjah, which is the next emirate over from Dubai. Um, And one of my associates from the design firm that I worked with over there we're working in tandem, trying to get stuff done. Uh, I got prices from him. I got his. He was ready to go. Uh, the issue with lighting in North America is that we have to be uh, listed. We have to have a UL or an ETL or one of those uh, testing labs need to have their stamp on it in order to get into ninety nine percent of projects. Gotcha. And what happened was, I reached out to. Uh, ETL, which is an easier format to work with, uh, it's still just as legal. And I got in t- touch with their UAE uh, affiliate, who is actually just a satellite office for India. And what would happen is, if I was going to go down this road, there would be, you know, a five-figure money down on the listing. And then every three months, they would have to fly somebody in from India, and I would have to pay all expenses on that guy just looking at the factory and saying, yeah, that's good. Um, And this just made – after analyzing this, uh, bringing in the customs, the storage, all that sort of stuff, we were about three times over what the market could bear. And I just – I, I couldn't do it that way. I may revisit it in another format, but this is not going to be the plan. And so I'm really glad that I sketched it out and started going down this path.
0: Right. And not just jumping in and doing something dumb. Right, because your margins look good on paper, but that's yeah. the thing. You always have to question that. You always have to tack on, <laughs> like you said. I mean, it ended up being, what, 60, 60 plus percent more? Right. At the end of the day. and then. Right. Then you become priced out of the market. Like you you become elitist most yeah. and if you have and the clients already, yeah, <laughs> exactly. right. or 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 if you have the client, you know, the high the high profile clients already, maybe maybe you could survive for a little right. while. But so then the
1: second plan is actually it's a nonprofit plan within my industry. And I just got one of the big industry groups uh, to back me on it, which is fantastic. Uh, and it is to build almost a we work for my industry. Now I know that's kind of a weird. Uh,
0: I like your I like your clubhouse connotation better. You're like this is like, like a real clubhouse. <laughs> well, that's it's almost like you know the first couple of years
1: of rework. That's what it looked like until it got all culty. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I'm going to have some of the people that were in that company help because they know things that we don't. Mm. Like they they went through that meat grinder, but they did some really good work. So if we could do that as a space where, you know, we exist, uh, my level of people exist out of specifications that are written in New York going other places. But if those people all of a sudden are in Livingston, New Jersey, they're not my people anymore. And so we need to find a way to keep them in. We need a place for uh, common uh, common gatherings for smaller companies. You know, if, if people are two or three and design companies, they don't need an office anymore, but they still will want to be part of New York, and maybe even like a like a small museum to what we are. There, there's kids out there that don't know what a low pressure sodium lamp is or arc sources, and so just all of these things together. Uh, I, I wrote out uh, a sketch for that, and uh, that's actually progressing right now, and I'm really excited about it.
0: No, and I, and I like what you said because it's it's multifaceted. You have you have the potential for multiple revenue streams. You have the potential Ooh. for free marketing. Yeah, you know, just, just by use of the space um, and an internship. I mean, there's so many ways, mm-hmm. which which becomes a revenue stream in and of itself because those people could, you know, you you're you're utilizing uh, they're you know either underpaid or not paid employees, right. so you're saving money that way, uh, and you're still able to execute. On, on the professional level um, right. something you said there really I think is at the core of it all and it's community you're building community around a central idea and if there's one way to develop a, a just a straight line to your goals is to build community.
1: yes right and uh, and we had a great community we still have a great community. I'm worried about losing it so yes. that's why it almost seems like this physical space is a must in order for there to be a focal point.
0: And, and why do you say you're, you're concerned about losing it? Is, is This is like a uh, pandemic related? If pandemic if people realize that they don't have to be in New York. anymore, hmm. um, But there's
1: still something to be a part of the New York design community, you know, right. it, it, for us and for them, you know, if, if they're working out of Montana, but they still want to get, they still want to be involved with New York. They should be able to and then fly in for the big events. And this is where their friends are. This is where their knowledge base is. This is where their clients are. So it's important to them
0: too. So, so have you seen people start to leave from the industry? Yeah. People start to just go remote because the, op- the opportunity was available? Oh, 100%. Yeah.
1: Um, and a lot of them are people with families. They didn't want to be in apartments anymore. They could move to, I, I got a friend that just ended up moving to Austin for this. Uh, because he's got a kid and a, and a dog, and he was in Prospect Park South and uh, just didn't fit anymore.
0: He wanted to be closer to Rogan.
1: <laughs> wanted to be closer to Rogan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's more of a kickboxer than a grappler,
0: though. So maybe that Doesn't that's matter. All. Yeah. R- Rogan's got a mean kick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Off the charts. Um, and, and then the other part of this that makes a lot of sense is that, and we've talked about this many times, even going back to last summer, how we knew there was going to be just a ton of commercial space left vacant. Right. And prices are, are cheap now. I know people, I haven't signed any commercial leases myself in the last, in the last 14 months, but I know people that have. And the amendments to the leases that are being allowed right now are unprecedented. Like you've never seen before. I mean, it's, it's never been easier I think to sign a commercial lease right. in the favor of the, the signee.
1: Yeah. I'll be tapping you for that information. down Yeah.
0: No, there's some great, there's some great verbiage. And I've got, I took screenshots of some of it cause they were sending me pictures and I was like, Ooh, I need to keep this. But yeah, I mean, it, I, I'd say Manhattan in particular, it's still quite vacant in terms of mm-hmm. office space. It's very underutilized. It's interesting how Brooklyn's kind of really packed and full. Like when we drive into the city, mm-hmm. there's no resistance at all. If I'm trying right. to drive across Brooklyn right now, you can't get anywhere. People aren't taking the train as much like ourselves. We bought a car in the last three or four months, hadn't had a car in 15 years. Right. And, and, and so the streets where we're at are just saturated, but Manhattan is still kind of empty Uh, there's a lot of nodders (laughs) walking around. It's kind of tricky, but, um, and something like this would have to be in the city. Uh, and specifically, you know, West
1: side between union square and Penn station, like that's where, that's where, uh, most of those companies are or were, but that's really the soul of that business.
0: I I walk by like every block, multiple vacant union units in that neighborhood, Almost daily now, there are just so many empty spaces. So it it could be a good time, as far as that goes, as well. Like just intrinsic into your business plan. Uh, You know, they say the people that survive either got in early or were just the best. And it's hard to always be the best, but if you can get in early, (laughs) you have a you have a little advantage. Like the guy that will start training, and then the other guy start training later. The ones. Was never going to catch up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's always going to have that uh, that that upper hand on you. Again, we're going to save that for the last segment. We're almost there. It's so hard. Okay. <laughs> it's so, hard. so so hard.
1: I think we could do another one of these. Like, there's a lot to talk about.
0: Oh, there's so much to talk about. Yes. Maybe. um So you, you haven't started to look at space or anything yet. But what what's the communication with like the community so far on this idea? Uh, said, uh, everybody I've talked to thinks it's amazing. Now, have you ever run a nonprofit before?
1: <laughs> no. Here we go. Uh, I've been on system. boards of nonprofits, okay. So okay. I I okay. understood it that way. I haven't been the guy, and it's actually in conjunction with a nonprofit that already exists. Good. Oh, so,
0: Um
1: It'll be using their credit, their you know their good name. Uh, prob- we will probably establish it as its own. But I don't know if it'll be on the umbrella of the original one, or as its own. It just works in conjunction, like that sort of stuff is coming down the line.
0: And and being that it's a nonprofit, you'll have to have a board, right? Yeah, right. And we're
1: working on, on that already.
0: Yeah, they 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 can be not fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying to get fun people.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's good. All right. Last break, and we come back pure jujitsu. The rest of the show, I promise. All right, everybody, don't tap out early. We'll be right back.
3: You're listening to Talk Radio NYC Uplift, Educate, Empower.
0: last round ding 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 as promised purely jiu-jitsu no god so the, like you said the elephant in the room <laughs> what has training in martial arts because you're a purple belt now you've been at it for like six plus years what has training in martial arts and brazilian jiu-jitsu in particular taught you about being better at business
1: uh, it teaches you how to learn. It teaches you how to lose. Um, it's it's a process that you have to go through regularly. You put a gi oh, top on. on. <laughs> we talked about this. I thought this was going to be a gi class here.
0: <laughs> my fingers, anyway. my fingers hurt from all the gi I've done lately. <laughs> it's just all those grips, so tight. It's such a strange
1: world, right? Because I started it because I felt, you know, like a big fat loser. And um, Joe Rogan said it was a good idea, so I tried it. And you go in to learn how to defend yourself, and then you find out that it's completely infinite. And that's where you lose your mind. And so that's everything that's meaningful is, you know, there's a barrier to entry. And then once you're past it, it's infinite. And you you just roll from there. And there's tons of stuff that I am never going to be a Barambolo guy. I know that I'm just going to crush you with my fat, but that's okay because all those avenues are there to take.
0: It's funny. You were, you were frozen. I don't know if you could hear me, but I was saying we started this morning, 7am. I walked in right away. It was just inversion drills. And I was like, man, it's too fucking early for this. Oh, it's always too early for that. I mean, I can do it, but like not that early. So I did it. I went to a Apollo Meow seminar in Long Island um, on Sunday. Kind and he lived upside down. <laughs> I know. And I, I, that's why I went because I was like, man, I just he's he's maybe even a little smaller than me, you oh. know, and he's the kind of guy that can just fold up into a suitcase. You can carry him around for a couple hours, unzip it. and He'll step out. And he'll be like, thank you. Um, I just wanted to see him fold up and I knew there was going to be some inversions and sure enough we walk in right away he's like okay we're going to warm up with this and He just like folded it in half and I was so tired and I was just like I'm not ready for this but we did it anyways and we learned that there's some mini bolos it wasn't like the full barrel baby bolo, bolos. the baby okay. bolos yes and then like this morning right away too and Patty just looked at me and goes oh this again and I was like I know <laughs> and we didn't even do it and it still sucks you know but um <laughs> That's amazing that you
1: both are taking that trip into the city every day and getting yeah. the time. That's amazing. And I love that they've been so welcoming to you. Despite everything
0: oh, in the door. Well, <laughs> talking about, you know, just the way things have changed and and, you know, availability to space and to people. I mean, Clubhouse was a big example of that. It's like all of a sudden these guys who were used to having these high-profile meetings where you had to pay, like, millions of dollars potentially to to like speak to them they mm-hmm. they w- could no longer do that so everybody made themselves super available right. all, all of a sudden and the same happened there and it was like come and somehow it still works out in the end it will
1: it's you know it's a- it it's just putting the good stuff out there and the good stuff comes back and
0: yeah. Just like jujitsu. The thing you mentioned, like going into jujitsu to learn self-defense. And and I always come back to that because I still think it's in there. I think what we realize along our jujitsu journey is that we are our own biggest enemy. Mm-hmm. So it is always self-defense after after, you know, a few months of training, you could probably nullify 90 to 95% of physical threats that came your way, unless they were like a Navy seal or right. a purple belt <laughs> or a brown belt. Damn. Right. Damn. Brown belts. <laughs> Thanks, um, Danny. God, Danny. Um, <laughs> but, but it, it really turns inward. And, and for me, this is how it applies to business. And, and next week's show will be about this big time. Uh, I've got an author uh, coming on who wrote a book about imposter syndrome where you talk yourself out of too many things. And what I love about this conversation is that you hit this point last summer where you were like, I got to do something. And you're not talking yourself out of anything. You're writing business plans. And it's crazy and as far-fetched and like schemed up as it seems, you're just like, I got to know. I got to know. I got to know. Is this? Is, can, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? And you have to ask yourself that. And I think that's the one thing that like jujitsu really helped me with was like, Get out of your own way, man. You're your biggest enemy. You're the one that eats the ice cream. You're the one that drinks the beer. You're the one that is. Nope. Nobody's forcing it on you. You're the one that says, "No, nah, man. I'm not. I'm not capable of pulling of executing that business off." But when you do jujitsu, which we're all babies at at first, right? Nobody comes in like knowing what to do. We all come in just like deaf, dumb, and blind. And all of a sudden, like you just commit. You keep showing up, and in a few years, you're like holy shit, I'm <laughs> like <Right. laughs> you know, or maybe it was just a baby bolo, but, but still we're, we're getting there.
1: And even if this last one didn't work out, it was more reps and writing business plans.
3: And that's so what it's really about. The
1: next time, it's just, there there's training in there.
0: And, and a lot of people, like I get a, a lot of young people asking me these days, like, how am I going to know what to do? And I'm like, you don't, you're not going to know, like, it's just going to happen to you, but you're going to know what you don't want to do. You're going to go try these things. You're going to be like, that is not for me. That does so not important. work. And sometimes checking those boxes off are more important, especially in the early stages as like actually knowing, because it just morphs. It just keeps morphing. Right. Like your plan right now sounds great, but it's probably going to be a little different once you finally execute it. It's probably going to keep- I mean, you there even I you. Say, I wanted to bring this up because you said it should have a bar, and I'm sorry, the New York State Liquor Authority is going to have issue with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but th- so there's ways ar- there's <laughs> ways around it. No, but like if say if somebody leaves there drunk and gets in a yeah. car accident, like it could bring heat on you. But there are ways around that where you could have, um, say, you have like an elite subscription service. Mm-hmm. to this business. And included in that is uh, an open bar happy hour, like five days a week.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it could be the it's the closed club sort of thing where, you know, there's that and you could bring in a bartender. I don't know.
0: Right. But you we'll just we'll figure it out. You cannot. I just wanted to bring this up because there's so many ways around this. What you have to avoid is someone handing a bartender cash for a drink. As long as you're not selling drinks, yeah. you, can get, um, you can get these temporary licenses. You can get a caterer's license or whatever. They're only going to take issue if someone's actually buying drinks. So just, just in that model, morph it into a subscription service. Smart. Or, or like a, a private event thing where they pay uh, a head price at the door. And then after that, no cash is exchanged. Yeah. They can tip. Tipping is different. Like the way you do when you go to a wedding. You go to a wedding, you're not buying drinks from the bartender unless they're really, it's a poor wedding. <laughs> I think that the
1: the, uh, the initial way of thinking about it would be a sponsor model. There would be a sponsor, yeah. sponsor every Thursday. Perfect. And yeah. they would just take care of it, and that's it.
0: Yeah. And you could still monetize it. It just can't be cash exchange right. for, for drinks. Then then you could, you know, the liquor authority could come down on you, and they're no fun. Oh, I'll i can imagine (laughs) for for, for a group of people that oversee so much joy they're not they're not fun (laughs) they're not not, not fun people they don't know how to party they need to yeah yeah i know you're not supposed to get high on your own supply but i think they could they need to do something (laughs) they need need to relax a little (laughs) All right. What else? What else from jujitsu? We we sidestepped just a minute into one of my other, my Um, got a few minutes. The
1: community thing is huge,
0: right? Very nice. Uh, That
1: that rolls into this second plan. Uh, Part of like secret role club was kind of where the impetus is for this. Or (laughs) just like everybody get together. You're not on your team right now, but really cool stuff can happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but we don't talk about secret role clubs. So that's okay. First okay. rule five club.
0: Nope. <laughs> Adam and Eric, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, <nope. laughs> no, but I, I'm really glad you said that. I was hoping you would bring that up because that's the other thing that we learned in jujitsu, right? Is like you form bonds mm-hmm. that you, you would not form any other way. And and same is true when you get into business um, and you really need to have that bond. You need to have that yeah. commitment. Um, that's outside of yourself to make it last, right? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, please, th- this is you over the last year, right? You you exist because everybody came out to you because you put yourself out to everybody. And it's recognized. I mean, you're the mayor of the greatest uh, neighborhood in the greatest borough in the greatest city in the world. Woo! So listen, people are going to come out. And they did. And uh, just off the bat, I'm really proud of you and Patty and the girls, like what you've been through this last year and like what monsters you've come out as. It's amazing.
0: Thank you. Appreciate that. Just what? Wait till you roll with Patty. God, she kicks. (laughs) Is
1: she one of those people that has just legs everywhere? And oh, geez, I hate those.
0: You no, know, the other day she need me in this eye, and then kicked me promptly after, right in the nose. Like, oh. What'd not, you do? I was smash smash pass. She was yeah, like not, not having it. just mean for your wife? <laughs> um, well, I think I think it was. I'm I'm just a reflection of of everybody, um, and I think what you're doing is the same. I think the core of entrepreneurship is you see a void and you look to fill it. You have a solution, and it's because you're creative. And that's why we did these creative degrees, and, and we're in these these creative roles, is because we've always kind of sniffed that out. And I, it's only been recently that I realized that about myself. And I, the fascinating part is I see it in you too. and I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes. We're there. All right. We're going to have to wrap it up. you got the closing <laughs> remarks, and I won't get dirty like I did the other day on my brother's show. <laughs> you got 60 seconds.
1: 60 seconds. Well, other than what I just said. Oh, well, the baby's going to start with that one. Uh, other than what I said about you guys, I just love that. I love this show. I'm glad that you have this. I don't Oh my God. I mean, maybe I'm not going to have this 60 seconds. Maybe he's not going to let it happen.
0: <laughs> Come here, buddy. He can have it. Tell him what's up. I feel, same, so, I feel the same.
1: No. Um, Thank Thanks for having me and keep it going. And we're part of the same family right now. So, uh, at some point, I'll get down there, and we'll get after it.
0: And, and I'm going to get up there and tell Danny, take it hey, easy on me, man. My, my butt hurts. hurts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here, then. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Take care of that kid. Everybody, take care of yourselves. We'll see you next week. Talking about the imposter syndrome with, uh, well, I'm not going to announce it yet. You'll have to uh, check my social media to, to see who it is. All right. Peace out, everybody. Be well. Bora. <laughs>
3: Are. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey, everybody! It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on TalkRadio.nyc, I host a program, Mm Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on TalkRadio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on TalkRadio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders.